Hello, and welcome to Mindful You at Naropa, a podcast presented by Naropa University in Boulder, Colorado. I'm your host, David Devine, and it's a pleasure to welcome you. Joining the best of Eastern and Western educational traditions, Naropa is the birthplace of the modern mindfulness movement. Before this podcast gets started, I wanted to introduce a three-part series. I recently traveled to Baltimore, Maryland to catch up with the Holistic Life Foundation crew, Ali, Ottman, and Andy, who I interviewed last year at Naropa University when they came to the school to give a talk. Over that time, we became friends and began talking about what it would actually look like if I came to Baltimore and brought in the conversation with principals, teachers, kids, and volunteers of their programs. My conversations were so profound and enlightening. Here's what I found. This podcast series is two of three, with me interviewing the principals of Patterson High School and Fort Worthington Elementary School. First off, welcome to the podcast. This is my first time speaking to someone like in their school, so okay. I'm like, I'm on your turf. And right on. It just feels really nice. Well, welcome. So can you just explain to us like what's your name, what's your title, what school we're at, and sure. kind of what you do here? Sure. Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Vance Benton, and I am the principal here at Patterson High School, which is a part of the Baltimore City Public School System here in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm currently in my eighth school year. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, we had a small conversation before this, and you said you were in education for a really long time. Yes, probably maybe around 22 years or so, okay. 23 years, from Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. So I got started there in Ohio, and I came here in 2011 nice. to uh, lead the school. Okay, awesome. So thank you. Thank you. So I wanted to ask, how was the Holistic Life Foundation program installed into your school? And I'm also curious, how did you meet the guys? How did that relationship start? Well, it was interesting how we, um, we met. Actually, Ali and I were introduced to each other by a mutual business partner, if you will, school okay. partner. And she wanted to introduce Ali to me because she felt Vance Benton over there at Patterson High School was <laughs> open-minded uh, right. to hear okay. the possibility of, of meditation in schools, although mm. I didn't know what the meeting was about and why I was meeting with Ali and, uh -huh. and this uh, other individual. But when we came, came together, and he and I were talking, and I made a reference to a Yoda quote from Star Wars, okay. actually, Oh, he Empire loves Strikes Star Back. Wars. Right, he yeah. loves Star Wars, right? So <laughs> I didn't know this. But they were speaking on trying this out. And my response was, well, either we're going to do it or we're not going to do it. Uh, but we're not yeah. going to try. Ooh, um, I like that. And then when he heard that and he knew where it came from, he instantly knew that we had a connection. <laughs> uh, so it started from there. Um, it just okay. started from my willingness and openness and understanding that uh, we need to do something different. Yeah. I spurred out from a teacher, a former teacher, actually retired, mm -hmm. and I coming together impromptu conversation about how often our students um, mm -hmm. dealt with death. Yeah. So okay. we did an impromptu survey to just to see how many, how often children dealt with death mm -hmm. here at our school. And what we found out was over half of the students had at least two um, that wow. they dealt with. And we were speaking on, you know, more intimate family members, household members, parents, mm -hmm. grandparents, if you will, yeah. friends or families on the street, 
community, something, somebody that's real close, not just the city itself. Okay. And again, what we found out was our children were dealing with multiple deaths, um, even to the point where one of our African students noted six. And that was wow. because, uh, you know, they come from villages and things over in their land mm -hmm. where it is very crucial, very dangerous, very violent. Yeah. Um, so we knew we had to do something. And then when Ali came to my attention, I knew that was the creator and the universe moving mm. where this is what we needed to do. So yeah. we just did it. So was meditation something you were actually actively looking for? Or did Ali was just like, yo, I got this thing, meditation. You're just like. Absolutely, I'm willing you know, to try that. It was, it was, it was just like that. <laughs> I, I didn't practice it. wasn't too familiar yeah. with meditation and yoga. Of course, you heard of it, but I mm -hmm. wasn't anything that I was doing in, in particular. Yeah. But I just knew we needed to do something because I, I likened our students' situations to soldiers, where mm -hmm. they are in an environment that, at any point in time, they could die. Yeah. Any day they could die. And every day they understand that. Every day they live with that. They live with the possibility of their friends or comrades dying. Mm -hmm. They may have even seen comrades and friends die. Yeah. And they're impacted by this emotionally every day. However, those soldiers get to come home. Mm -hmm. So they have to leave those situations. And then when they come here, things are not right within them. Yeah. And then they seek a doctor and seek uh, medical attention. And then they're diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, and they receive medication or assistance mm -hmm. to um, treat that. Yeah. Well, I got the questioning. If our students are in the same situations, uh, emotionally, mentally, where you know every day I could be, it could be my last day. I've seen friends or I'm fearful of friends and family being killed every day. Mm -hmm. However, students are not able to leave it. Mm -hmm. Situations they are not able to be treated or diagnosed for this ailment that is the exact same thing as soldiers. So I don't label it as post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, I began to look at it as present traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. And they're not being treated. So we needed yeah. to do something. Um, so I felt that Holistic Life Foundation mm -hmm. um, was the key for us to addressing some things within students and teachers that would go untreated okay wow some heavy stuff it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i really like how you said present stress order absolutely and not post because you cannot take away there they are here that's right they are in it and and the fact that you're willing to address it and look at it and you're wanting to implement a program that will help benefit the kids that they're dealing with some situations that aren't ideal you know what i mean absolutely because you have to take things beyond the school walls. Yeah. You know, there's only a certain amount of time that you have uh, with children, but as I emphasize to staff and students, that we collectively spend more time under one roof than we do with our own families. Yeah. So if you spend that much time under one roof mm -hmm. with children, with people, you gotta do something about them internally. Yeah. Not just academically. I mean, that's important. That's mm -hmm. how I'm evaluated. And if we don't have children graduating, it doesn't matter how well our mindfulness program is, yeah. they're going to seek new leadership. Totally, yeah. But there is a factor of like just mindfulness is a search of self-discovery education. So it kind of does ignite the mm -hmm. wanting to discover more education. So they kind of do work together, even though like 
you could have the best mindfulness program in the school, but mm-hmm. the kids are not graduating, so it, it kind of doesn't matter. Absolutely. But, uh, unfortunately, that, that's how it goes. But mm-hmm. uh, what we try to do, even in my growth mm-hmm. and trying to be more mindful, not trying, but being more mindful, yeah, I had to release the notion that everyone must be doing this and, and everyone must be silent during our mindfulness time and everyone must participate. And, yeah. and, and I really need everyone to support this. I had to kind of back up off of that and just yeah. let it be free flowing for those who really want to take advantage of the opportunity mm-hmm. and learn. Yeah. Because if one or two, sounds so cliche, but if you're able to impact children for the rest of their lives, there are just certain things that data can't quantify. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is if children are utilizing strategies for meditation and stress relief, and being able to pause and consider before making a detrimental decision, yeah, there is data that we wouldn't be able to quantify. And knowing that that child just saved their life and just saved someone else's life mm-hmm. um, in that moment, yeah. So that's what's that's what sticks with me okay. and why it's um, it's important for us to keep it. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like you sort of gave us a little rundown of it, but like, what was it like before the program, and what was it like after or currently integrating the program into the school what are some of the changes that you've noticed over the time so that's the common question um, yeah. that's always asked and you know I, I liken it to a reading program right so we're in education everyone is is stuck in the notion that does it work or not yeah right so yeah, yeah, yeah. if it works that means that of our student population was reading at a fourth grade reading level. And then when we got this reading program, now only 25% of our population are reading at a fourth grade level. Well, that's cute. But when you're dealing with emotions, you're dealing with meditation and yoga, it's it's a little bit different uh, to quantify that, right? So you can say our suspensions decreased every year. Well, I'm in my eighth year. My administrator has been here for the most part with me the entire time. Mm-hmm. So there's stability in that alone. My staff has very limited turnover. We do have turnover, but yeah. very limited turnover. And our structure in terms of how we run things here are a little different than other schools mm-hmm. and, and what we expect out of our children. So is it fair to say that our numbers improve because we have meditation and yoga for our students? Or is it fair to say that those things were able to come about because of the program that we implement holistically in terms of the entire campus. So I would say that, yes, our attendance have improved. I would say our suspensions have decreased. Um, I would say our enrollment has been steady and increasing. Mm. Um, I would say that, you know, we do have a lot more programs going on. We do have now six years of having children exposed to mindfulness Mm -hmm. and meditation, which is more powerful for me to any data point could show is just the fact that we still have this here for children to be exposed to it. Yeah, and I really like the fact that you point that out. It's hard to quantify something when you're dealing with mindfulness, emotions, dealing with connection and community. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you judge that? Is there an actual proper way to judge that? Probably not. But other than to, like, feel the energy of the room, to feel the Mm -hmm. energy of the kids, Mm -hmm. and since you've been in this position a long time, you have noticed, you know, these numbers of this go down and the numbers of that go up and things are working a little bit nicer. But it's, like, 
does it actually work? And right. I think it does, but it's just hard to write a number. You can't like science it out. Absolutely. And that's the, um, the difficult aspect of implementing a holistic life program mm -hmm. or implementing anything dealing with meditation or anything dealing with children's emotional growth. Yeah. It's difficult to quantify and it's difficult to put a price on it. So it's difficult for schools, principals in particular, to bring on programs when you got to pay some people to do some things yeah. inside of a school. Mm -hmm. And a whole lot of people need to get paid for a whole lot of different things and a whole lot yeah. of things are needed to be paid for in the school. So you have to pick and choose, unfortunately, what you think you get the biggest bang for your buck, quote unquote, yeah. in the school systems. Mm. But So meditation and things of that nature unfortunately will be put on the back burner mm -hmm. and a lot of people's levels of urgency it'll be well low on that on that scale okay uh, because a lot of people just aren't aren't into it themselves don't necessarily believe in it yeah. themselves okay. and unfortunately can't see a broader picture mm. right outside of what's the immediate gratification am i able to show this at the end of this year when it may not happen like that. Yeah, they have that like statistic mind. Where they they want to see the numbers. And Absolutely. it's weird too, because like a mindfulness practice can be with you lifelong. It doesn't mm -hmm. just get you by the, mm -hmm. the quarter or the mm -hmm. semester. It's, mm -hmm. it's a lifelong practice. Absolutely. And even if you do it for a little bit, you can still feel its ripples throughout your life. I agree. And then yeah. if something is, just like anything, when children learn something that's meaningful to them, they're going to share it with somebody. Yes. They're going yeah. to share it with somebody, even <laughs> okay. if they share it with their parents, brothers and sisters, or younger cousins, or mm -hmm. other family members, friends at other schools. Children are just going to share it Yeah, if they're consistently involved in the practice. So it's a major, it's a major, major, major step for a lot of people just because a lot of people are unfamiliar Mm -hmm. With the brain research uh, that goes along with yeah. uh, meditation, yep. they're just unfamiliar <laughs> with it because, unfortunately, again, a lot of time is spent on maybe researching math and English yeah. um, strategies as How opposed to... How they get their to, reading skills you know, up. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. unfortunate cycle um, that happens mm. with uh, our educational system. Yeah. But um, I think it's important. Yeah, it's interesting to think, too, because mindfulness is a practice of how the brain operates. That's right. And mathematics operates the brain. Mm -hmm. Reading operates the brain. Science operates the brain. Mm -hmm. So if you are able to fix the component in which everything is housed in, mm -hmm. then you might be able to do everything else better without actually putting effort into getting better at that specific task. Absolutely. You know, the prefrontal cortex, right, mm -hmm. controls our executive functions and the uh, the vagus nerve that send all the information to our body parts. If that's out of whack, there's no math lesson, there's no English strategy <laughs> yeah. that's going yeah. to combat that, right? But mm -hmm. if I'm at ease, emotionally, spiritually, I am able to now receive this information and process it even quicker, yeah. even better, because I'm at a stable emotional state. Yeah. That's what meditation will bring about for our students. Yeah. Ooh, that's super important. I like that. <laughs> Thank So since bringing this to the school, what is the response the students giving you? Have you had any people come up to you and be like, this is the greatest thing, or like, this sucks? Like, why <laughs> Why are you punishing me? I've had all of those, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had all of those. I've had students who, who say, Mr. Ben, that don't work for me. Do you have students that will say, I just, I'll do my stress breath. You have some students who will, 
want to know more information, I always share the story of a student who some time ago was um, going to the mindfulness room and wasn't anyone there at the time. So this student sat down in the main hallway of the school building outside his classroom mm -hmm. and engaged in his mindfulness. But what was intriguing about this moment was he felt comfortable enough to sit in the main hallway and close his eyes and do his mindfulness outside yeah. of a classroom. But you had students in the main hallway of a high school with over a thousand children. No one bothered him. No one kicked his foot. No one slapped his hat off his head. No one touched him. No yeah. one stood and stared. No one laughed. No, no one did anything as if he wasn't doing anything different. Wasn't yeah. doing anything unusual, weird. Mm -hmm. They knew what he was doing and they respected it. Even if they yeah. themselves don't engage in the practice, they didn't bother him. Yeah, Those are two crucial things that happened in that moment years ago that helped me at that time to know this can't leave. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many children are involved in it, how many students and staff are actively involved in the practice, how many actively do it at home. It didn't matter. What mattered is yeah. we had a culture where people understood what that was. Mm -hmm. We had a culture that people understood I could do this right here. And we had a culture of people who was accepting of something that might have been totally unseen to them years before. Ooh, a beautiful view to watch. Yeah. Like this little Buddha in the was, hallway just sitting down. It was great. No one bothered no him. No one bothered him. And he uh -huh. did what he had to do because whatever he needed, he went to that room at that moment for yeah. it. They wasn't there, so he knew he needed it. And he sat down at that door in that hallway and engaged in his mindfulness. Yeah. I'll never forget it. That's powerful. So in these programs, what are the kids actually doing? Because you're talking about meditation. Do they do yoga as well? And when they do meditation, is it a guided meditation? Are they given instructions and then given, like, a go ahead and do it mm -hmm. yourself? Or Good that question. Work? So throughout these six years or so, we've tried some things, took away some things, reinvented some things. But for the most part, one of the main things I wanted was for the mindfulness guided practice to yeah. come over the PA system each mm -hmm. morning. Ooh, okay. The morning ritual. Morning ritual. Yeah. We started with actually having an actual voice person doing it. We went to having a recording mm -hmm. of a person doing it to back to having a voice on the PA. One year, HLF and their funders wanted to remove it from the uh, PA. Okay. And I didn't agree with it, but we went with it, and it didn't work as effective to me. So we put it back okay. <laughs> on the PA the next year. Yeah. So we've been doing a lot of different things. For the most part, it is guided meditation where you come over to PA for about 12, 15 minutes in the mornings. There are also opportunities where students can go to the mindfulness room as an individual, self-referred or referred by a teacher. You can bring your whole class down oh, really? uh, to the Holistic cool. Life room. Or as a teacher, you can come down um, yourself. So it's throughout the day uh, when they're fully staffed and mm -hmm. they're able to go through these meditation and some variations of yoga as well okay. when they're actually in the room and or when the practitioners are able to come out into the classrooms to yeah. service the teachers and students inside the classroom. So we even developed an opportunity where teachers could have a a menu 
mm-hmm. of selections that they could actually have the practitioners come in and do. For example, if I'm a first period teacher, I may want you to come in and do something to energize my students. If I'm getting my students the first period after lunch, I may want you to come in to de-escalate them a little bit so mm-hmm. they can get on track on with what we need to do for today's lesson. So it was an opportunity for teachers to really pick and choose what type of session they wanted from the HLF staff to come in and provide for their students. Yeah, okay. So do you have a mindfulness practice? Is there anything that you've taken up over time, like kind of witnessing the program come into your school and noticing a shift in the kids? Are you just like, okay, maybe this there's something here, maybe I should try it, or you just have little mindful moments throughout the day? Sure. Again, before having met... Ali and HLF, I didn't practice at all, didn't know mm-hmm. about it. But since then, I have taken on the practice. I used to have a staff member from HLF come every morning okay. to do a, a one-on-one with me hey. uh, every morning. Nice. This is the first year, actually, we haven't done it this year just because of reducing staff. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I'm not able to get my one-on-one um, with them every day. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I have to uh, do it myself, okay. uh, which I do. I've grown in the practice. I still have a lot to learn. Yeah. But I do know that from the practice and from knowing myself, even my students <laughs> would say, have I done my mindfulness today? If they see me kind of going off <laughs> they the They see you end. raging down the hallway and they're like, excuse <laughs> right, me, so, Mr. Benton, yeah. have you done your practice? Have you done, have you done your mindfulness today, Mr. Benton? Or I get a student to remind me to smile. Ah, uh, have, have you ever tried like, letting the school know that you are going in the mindfulness room and you'd love for them to join you and just kind of see who shows up? Like, so I never lead by example. Right, I've, I've never done that. I know I've, I've had staff members suggest that I come on the PA and lead the uh, mindfulness session. And those are all pretty cool suggestions, but my grandfather always told me, you know, you don't start nothing, you don't plan to finish. I like that. Right, so okay. those are some things that I wouldn't continually do. So yeah, I don't want to start you just that. Don't necessarily you know, have time to commit to it like that, to where they would be expecting me. That would be pretty much a letdown, and I don't really want to infuse myself into the total program as being, you know, it functions because Mr. Ben is involved. I don't yeah. want it that way. I want it to function how it needs to function, whether okay. I'm here or not. Okay, I like that. So, what does mindfulness mean to you? How do you define it? Because this is a question I ask everyone mostly, and everyone's got a very unique perspective on what mindfulness means to them. And I'm just curious, what does it mean to you? Wow, mindfulness to me and growing over these past six years, mindfulness to me is just having a realization and understanding and acceptance mm-hmm. of things that I cannot control. Okay. I've grown to pretty much understand and accept that what has happened has happened. What's going to happen hasn't happened. So the only thing that I need to concern myself with is the present. Yeah. And within the present, if it is beyond my control, mm-hmm. worrying about it will not make it better. Mm-hmm. Yep. And just being balanced, being in control of oneself. And the phrase that I, I continually say to myself is, in regards to mindfulness, is pause and consider. Yeah. Just pause and consider. Mm-hmm. In that pause, am I taking a deep breath? In that pause, am I doing a yoga? In that pause, am I doing a breathing technique? But whatever it is, I'm pausing and I'm considering. I may consider committing a crime or not. I may consider 
retaliation or not. I may consider my anger, my rage right now. But whatever I'm considering, I must pause. Hmm. Take a moment and understand the totality. And then make the decision. Yeah, it's hard to realize what your actions could do in a moment of rage, in a moment of confusion, in a moment of just unclear thoughts absolutely and the pause is a reflection moment to be like hold on a second like the decision i'm about to make might not benefit me absolutely right and this pause to consider do i go around this truck because i'm in a hurry to go outside my lane to another lane to come back because i'm in a hurry do i pause yeah. and consider because if i pause and consider it might be a car coming that i can't see around this truck mm-hmm. and then wherever i'm going I would never get there. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so that's how I look at mindfulness. Okay, cool. So here's my last question, okay. and I'll, I'll cool. let you go be a principal. <laughs> <laughs> I might like this better, man. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. I mean, I feel like I can just keep going with you. You just feel so knowledgeable and just Appreciate really fun it, to talk to. Thank you, thank you. And plus, you just have like a history of in the education system, and I've actually worked in education for eight years now. Okay. I don't think of it that way because okay. I was like running lights and sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now now I'm on like the marketing team and I See, do all this stuff. Everyone's but, important. It was important. Yeah. But the space you hold is, it seems very important and you just feel so solid to me. You okay. just feel like a very solid, loving dude Thanks, who really cares about his kids and really cares about his school and is doing the best he can. And Absolutely. You're like trying new things out and mm-hmm. you're like, mm-hmm. okay, that don't work. Mm-hmm. Next. Hey, that's right. And then I tried this out. I'm like, hmm, that kind of works. Let's reintegrate. Let's yep. reassess uh-huh. and then mm-hmm. apply again. And I really like that. So thank you. anything you want to highlight about your school, about yourself, about HLF, just anything fun you got to say? Sure. A couple of things, man. HLF, Andy, Ali, Atman. Mm-hmm. Um, those are my those are my brothers yeah. from another mother because <laughs> they always tell me I'm one of their biggest supporters or or I believed in them for a lot of people did yeah um, and what they were doing and it was just out of pure appreciation for young brothers trying to do something for young people and yeah. I just felt it was my obligation to assist because. I'm not scared to fail because when you give all you can to something and it not work out the way you want it to work out, that's not necessarily a fail, yeah. right? I just learned how to do it better or I learned how to do something different or I learned that I need to do something else. But yeah. either way, I didn't fail. So I don't know, just a funny, <laughs> loving story, man, is when we first started to bring this to the school, so we mm-hmm. brought it mid-year so that following school year was going to be the first full year that we had the program so i told them the number one thing we needed to do was get buy-in from the teachers i don't care what it is how great it is if teachers aren't in support it's not gonna work yeah it's not gonna work right so they didn't understand that piece so hey we're gonna put you on the calendar for our back to school professional development we're gonna put hlf on the calendar on that friday so the first full week of school for staff, students don't come to the next week. Okay. So on that Friday, hey, let's, let's have something, but let's have something off campus. Hmm. Because I want the teachers and everyone, the staff members, to come off the campus. Yeah. I said, and if we come off campus, then we could provide them some other refreshments, some adult refreshments at the off-campus <laughs> location. I hear you. And... <laughs> 
when I looked up, the line for the food was easy to get to. The line for the other refreshments was pretty long. Uh, <laughs> so once we got everyone there and we got everybody comfortable and in the spirit, quote unquote, I mean, opening them up. It opened them up to the understanding, to the possibilities, to what we were trying to do, what we wanted to do, the purpose of it, mm-hmm. the rewards of it, the research of it. Um, it just opened them up to it. And them seeing how important it was for me yeah. to bring them off campus to actually see what's going on and provide some other um, entertainments and, and appreciations for them as well as adults. Yeah. I think it resonated with them. Yeah, I think it resonated with them. And that's what really kicked it all off to where now we do have different staff from that first staff, of course. So it's always an ongoing situation where you're trying to help new people understand that this is what's going on here, this is what we do, this is why we do it, this is how it's done. Yeah. So it's always an ongoing situation. However, that first opportunity <laughs> to meet with the teacher and get the buy-in, it was aided by strategic <laughs> strategies that, right. that we implemented, utilized, and it worked. <laughs> All right, you're, you're smart. You know what you're doing. You've <laughs> been you. around this. Been around. Been around awesome. a long time. So I just really appreciate you speaking with me. I know you're no a busy problem, dude. No problem, man. And it was just a pleasure. I love hearing how this work is helping kids, helping people, helping families, helping communities. It's just helping. It, right. just, it just helps your mind. Absolutely. It allows you to know that you already have what it takes to be a good mm-hmm. person. Right. You know, we have That's the mechanisms right. within right. to do it. It's just you have to choose to do it. Absolutely. And you're like, here you go. Absolutely. Here's the choice. Because sometimes making the choice is difficult. Now, yes. what, what do you do after that choice is made might be work in itself. But mm-hmm. even before making that choice, it's so difficult when I'm emotionally clouded. Yeah. Right? To make the better choice. Mm-hmm. I'm emotionally clouded. So my intent was, okay, how do we resolve the emotional cloudedness within people. Yeah. Remove that, and then now you open them up to better decision making. Oh, I love it. Okay, so thank you so right much on. for seeing <laughs> me. I like. I wish the best for your school. I wish the best thank for you. you. Thank I wish you. Thank you. The best for this program, Absolutely. and I hope just everything just flourishes so amazingly. It and will. Just... The brothers, HLF <laughs> brothers, already told me that it's written and sealed. We just haven't got there yet, so I'm looking forward to getting there. And celebrate. All right. Well, thank you for speaking right with on, me. Right on. No problem. I appreciate right. you. So welcome to my podcast, and thanks for speaking with me today. Thanks for coming. Can you just introduce yourself? Tell us what you do here and what is your role? Sure. So my name is Monique Dubai. I am the proud principal of Fort Worthington Elementary Middle School here mm-hmm. in Baltimore, Maryland. Awesome. Okay, how long have you been in this position? I've been in this position. It's my second year here okay. at Fort Worthington. Um, we opened the doors to our brand new school building, August 2017. That's why it looks so fresh. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. So, how long have you been teaching? Oh, wow. I've been in Baltimore City Schools for 12 years now. For 12 um, years, So I was wow. a teacher for seven years. Did a residency. So as a resident principal, I had mm-hmm. the opportunity through a program called New Leaders to receive on-the-job training in the principal role, shadowing a mentor principal for one year. And then I served for two years as assistant principal of the Mount Washington School. And this is my second year as principal. Wow. There's like a different type of person who wants to be a principal. I don't know if that like (laughs) Different type of person. I've never heard it explained that way, but you're right. It takes a lot of guts. uh, It takes a lot of love. Okay. You know, it takes a lot of determination. So definitely a different type of person. Cool. So when and how 
did the Holistic Life Foundation program be integrated into the school? Was this something they came to you and said, hey, we have this program? Or did you hear about it and wanted to integrate it into your school? Wow. So I have a unique story. Yay. And so I, like I, <laughs> I was actually um, just on the Internet doing a little search. And I came upon um, the Holistic Life Foundation, just reading about it. Kind of like, wow, that would be really cool to have for my school when I have one. Yeah. And as luck would have it, one of my employees at Mount Washington is really good friends and grew up with Atman and those guys. And okay. so I was like, oh, personal, you know, perfect connection. And so I saw them at a barbecue and I told them the same thing. I was like, when yeah. I get my school, I'm going to have this. And so during my residency year at City Springs, so we would do rotations and we visited City Springs and I think it was Ross, I'm not sure, one of the guys from Holistic Life um, came and ran a circle for us okay. and just kind of like modeled for us what types of things they do at the school. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like third time's a charm. This is the third time it's been brought to me. You know? <laughs> so I'm at the barbecue. I read the article, and now I get yeah. to see it in action. Did all the things. I was sold. And so I was appointed to be principal of this school in July, and okay. I immediately emailed Atman and was like, hey, I need to know how much it's going to cost, what we need to do. Yeah. So he invited me into the office, and he you know, treated me just like any other customer, you mm -hmm. know, and shared the program with me and all of the different options and the way they could tailor it to support my school community. And we've been rocking and rolling ever since. Okay. So how long ago? That was like that two was July 2017. Okay. So we're going on two years. Okay. And what was it like before? And what was it like after integrating the program into your school? <laughs> so when I was recruited to apply for this position, it was explained to me that the school was essentially on fire. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah. So the original building was torn down and the children were moved into what's called a swing space, which is like temporary housing for a school, right? Okay. My so it was school, like a little bungalow. Yeah, I mean, it was an old yeah. school building that had okay. closed before. And so they moved them over to that building. The children were bussed over. My school originally was just grades one through five. Mm -hmm. But when they moved them into the swing space, they closed a neighboring K-8 to school. And those middle schoolers mm -hmm. were then added into my school. Oh, wow. And so... We had a school, which was usually just one through five for maybe 30 years, mm -hmm. to now one to eight. Yeah. And middle schoolers are totally different than, yep. you know, little babies. Yeah. So the culture was really off. And there were yeah. a lot of challenges. And the year prior to me having the school, we had 180 suspensions. Oof. Last year, we ended at 80 suspensions. And so far this year, we've had two. Wow. And so I really attribute that to the work that we've been doing around restorative practices, around mindfulness, mm. around using affective language and building relationships yeah. with kids. So our building, you can feel the love when you walk through the hallways. Yeah. It feels a lot different from when we opened the doors in August of 2017. Okay. Adults know children. Children know adults. Children are now equipped with strategies and tools mm. that they can use when they are having difficulty. Okay. Um, so it's like night and day, literally night and day. Okay. So... What do the kids do in the program? Do they have a class they go to, or is it like something they do in between classes, or is it an after-school program? So How we, do they show we, up? Um, <clears throat> we have a mixed bag. <laughs> okay. So Yogi J, we call him. Jerron is our holistic Yogi life. Jay. Yogi J. Hey. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> he has actually a morning check-in circle with mm. identified children, and those children may have been having difficulty, may have been withdrawn. Some of them have self-identified that they wanted to join the group, and it's just a check-in from kind of like how we did the bell when we got yeah. ready today. Yeah, It's that time to mm. shed whatever's going on at home, whatever you encountered on the way to school, and really check in with an adult that you know cares about you and set your purpose and your intent for the day. And yeah. so he meets with identified children in the morning, and then he has a push-in schedule 
where he pushes into classes and he runs. It may be yoga. It may be just deep breathing. It mm-hmm. might, may just be mindfulness techniques that he teaches the kids. It really depends on what the teachers identify as a need. And then okay. the children also request Mm, like, different I types like of services. That. Right. This one's cool. Yeah. So like, okay. you know, I'm having a hard time concentrating today. You know, I, I need yeah. some deep breathing. Um, and so he'll address those things as well. Okay. And so we're looking to transition into after school for next school year. Okay. But we did a soft rollout. So last year we just started with referring children to the room. This mm-hmm. year we've now added in the added piece of the pushing to the classrooms. Okay. Um, and then next year we'll be adding on the after school component as well. Yeah. The more mindful in this, yes. just insert it in. Yes. That's so great. And they also provide professional development to our teachers. Because we're like, if you're not being mindful, how can you teach kids how to be mindful? So uh, yeah. everything that we do with the children, we embed to our own professional learning cycle as well. That's so that great. our teachers are equipped. Okay. What was the kids' first response when they were like, what? what is this thing that you're trying? Why? I don't want to sit. One sound. <laughs> <laughs> so anytime you All talk right. about like deep breathing and yoga That was a no kids, for everyone out yes. there. Yes. <laughs> anytime you talk about that. They was like, I know how to meditate. I know how to do yoga. Mm. And so we were like, all right, it's much more to this than yeah. just that. And so some kids were excited. Some kids were a little ambivalent and kind of like, uh, what's that? I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we try not to push it off on everybody. And so yeah. what we did was we just identified the kids through referral who actually mm-hmm. needed a mindful moment. Okay. And then it just took off from there because it was like word of mouth. Like, yo, have you seen Yogi yeah. J? Have you been to the room yet? The room is dope, <laughs> you know? So the kids are like really excited. And then you start having more children like, I need a mindful moment. I need a moment. Mm-hmm. And so they started to go and then it just kind of spread that way. Yeah, it's so empowering when you allow the kids to be able to show up and like, I'm actually having a moment and I can like voice it. I can say it. And it's not only now that they are empowered to say it, they're also empowered to fix it themselves or just even look into it and ask for help. And that's super cool. Wow. Especially in education. Like when I was growing up and especially when you were growing in school, Mm -hmm. I bet you we didn't have any sort of. No outlet. Someone's like, hey, like you can deal with that. Let me show you how. And there's there's ways to calm down. Okay. Do you yourself have a mindfulness practice? Have you seen the kids do it and you're like, wait, what? They're, something's happening over there. Maybe maybe I should look into this. Yes. And so that came by actually suggestion from Miss Cassie, Cassie Smith. Okay. And she's like, you know, you need to take time out your day and have a moment. Like you need to de-escalate. You need to deep breathe. Mm. You need to calm down. And so she's like, schedule it on your calendar. And she said that Vance over at Patterson uses it, use it as well. So he has mm-hmm. like 15 minutes of mindfulness on his calendar every day. Yeah. And so I started to go and see Yogi Yvette, who was our holistic life person last year. Okay. And we would go in and do some yoga poses and she'd help me with my breathing. What I noticed about myself is that I am a very rapid breather. It's very, you know... <laughs> Right, because I'm always on go. Yes, Mm. always on go. And so one of my goals for this year was just to be able to breathe deeply um, and to make sure that I take out at least 15 to 20 minutes of silence because meditation is so hard for me because the committee gets to go in and ticker tape is going. I'm thinking about everything I have to do for the day. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, start off small, you know, just start small. 15 to 20 minutes of just uninterrupted silence. And it's yeah. working so far. Um, <laughs> do I get to it every day? <laughs> I'm still a work in progress. Yeah. Honestly, it's hard to get it in every day. 
I mean, I, you're a principal of a school. Yeah. Like, do you even have time? Yeah, no. <laughs> when I'm walking to the stairwell and I'm walking up the stairwell, you know, for a couple seconds, right? Yeah, but it's just, you know, what mm. I've noticed, and I kind of started at like 1.15, and that was yeah. kind of like when my day started to like dwindle down and we're getting ready for dismissal and mm-hmm. the children are settled, all the lunch breaks are over. Yeah. And so at 1.15, I literally come in my office, turn the lights off, and I just sit. And I'm like, oh. Okay. That's awesome. Don't think about anything. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that you have to mark time on your calendar yes. to do nothing. Yes. How it's so, it, right? like, that's how busy we are. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, here's the question. So, how do you define mindfulness? What does it mean to you? I'm always curious about this because everyone has a unique perspective. Right. So, I think mindfulness for me is being consciously aware mm. of myself my place in the world, my role in the world, but then also the awakening to others' awareness and where they stand in the world, right? I think that mindfulness is also connectedness and that Mm -hmm. when we are still, we are able to tap into that still small voice and kind of hear what's going on around us, right? The things that we kind of ignore in all of our busyness. Yeah. And then I just think like like this alignment and attuning, it's like being plugged into the source. Yeah. That's really what I think mindfulness is. Okay. Yeah, I really like that. There's definitely multiple voices in the head and we have to decide which one is yes. the one we want to listen to. And, and the one that's in front usually isn't the one that... The loudest one, right? <laughs> yes. My son asked me, he's nine, and he asked me the other day, he's like, Mom, I heard a voice in my head. Who's doing the listening? And I was like, oh God, here we go. It's like, uh, so let's talk about metacognition for a second, right? But yeah, it gets deep, you yeah. know, and you have that spirit of discernment, you know. Mm. Just reading a lot. And um, Eckhart Tolle talks about on The Power of Now, being aware of that voice, acknowledging it, right? Mm -hmm. But then, like, superseding what it's telling you. And I was like, hmm, okay. So, yeah. I haven't quite figured out who my committee members are yet, but, Mm -hmm. you know, they're very busy. Committee members. (laughs) Who's in that board meeting up there? (laughs) The mental board meetings. Absolutely. Yeah, I realize there's definitely, like, a couple voices in my brain that Mm -hmm. like to speak up and say things. And... It takes a breath. It takes a moment to actually realize which one is the one that's going to benefit you and that holds the most truth and resonates with who you are trying to become and who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, because when we just react, yeah. it's not a very thought out way of being. I like that piece that you talked about. So who holds yeah. the most truth? Yeah. I'm going to start asking myself that too. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're always stepping forward in truth, you're never going to do anything wrong. Exactly. It may not feel good. Definitely some pain that breaking up or dealing with a death or mm-hmm. having some things happen in the community. Like there's things that we have to deal with as humans, but we don't have to react just yet. Absolutely. What I've realized is the heart wants to listen and chill before it like has this moment of reaction. The ego wants to react. Yeah. And then usually the ego is has like this defense mechanism yeah. thing about it. Yeah. But Fear is it driven, always emotionally yeah. driven? Is Absolutely. It this, is it the way you want to be? Yeah. So just to like take a breath. It's so crazy how everything is, like, based around the breath. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> essentially what we need, right? It really is. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, that's everything I got. It, okay. Unless you have, like, a fun story you would like to share or, like, <gasps> shout anything out while you're here. Yeah, I just want to shout out Holistic Life. I nice. think that this partnership has just been amazing for us. Mm. I also want to shout out our CEO, Dr. Sanalisas, for her work around student wholeness and just putting social and emotional learning at the forefront because she realized that relationships and social and emotional wellness are at the crux of everything that we do. And if we yeah. don't have whole children, we don't have whole anything. And so I'm just really pleased to be a part of her vision and bringing that to life. Wow. Okay. 
That sounds really beautiful. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank it was you. a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. On behalf of the Naropa community, thank you for listening to Mindful You, the official podcast of Naropa University. Check us out at www.naropa.edu or follow us on social media for more updates.